as a constitutional law attorney, former senior legal advisor and personal counsel to President Donald J. Trump. Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And she's ready to tackle the big cultural and legal issues facing America. This is the Jenna Ellis Show. Here is your host, Jenna Ellis. Well, friends, the new year is upon us, and we just have actually today and tomorrow left in 2021. I can't believe it, and I think this year has gone by so quickly, actually, compared to 2020, but can you believe that we are two years now into this quote unquote, and I have to put this in air quotes, pandemic, uh, we are two years into this quote unquote emergency. And I just think this is all completely ridiculous. And you all know my my opinion on that. Um, I want to say Happy New Year. And I want to talk about a few things. But before we get to that, the Biden administration, as you know, has caused a financial crisis and they have no clue how to fix it. Oil prices have skyrocketed, and when oil prices go up, not only do your expenses go up, but the cost of transportation and shipping spikes, leading the prices of goods to rise, and inflation is the last thing that we need. Hopefully, the Brandon administration will be a little better going into the new year, but our economy is in trouble, and you need to take steps to protect yourself. If all of your money is tied up in stocks, bonds, and traditional markets, then you may be vulnerable. Gold is one of the best ways to protect your retirement, no matter what happens you own your gold. It's real, it's physical, and it's always been valuable since the dawn of time. So if you want to have a great New Year's resolution this year, then call Legacy Precious Metals. They're the company that I trust for investing in gold. They can help you roll your retirement account into a gold-backed IRA where you still own the physical gold. They can also mail uh, precious metals safely and securely to your home. So call Legacy as part of the new year at 866-528-1903 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's 866-528-1903 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. So speaking of New Year's resolutions, I always, for the last oh, probably seven or eight years of my adult life have had actually the same New Year's resolution. And you might laugh at that at just the beginning before I tell you what it is, because uh, you're probably thinking, well, maybe you didn't accomplish your New Year's resolution if you continue to have the same one. But my New Year's resolution has always been to trust God even more. And that has continued to challenge me and to challenge me in my spiritual life and my walk with the Lord because we face unknown variables, unknown events, um, an unknown future, but we have a known God. And the one thing that looking back over the course of my life and how much God has brought me through and the challenges, the blessings, the hardships, the joys, everything about life. The one thing that I always wish is that I would have trusted God more in the moment because God is always faithful and he will always bring us through the challenges that we face because of his promises to us. And we that's, that's the point of the verse that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When the Apostle Paul was talking about that, it wasn't literally you can do anything. Um, each human being, you know, we're not capable of doing literally anything. But what he meant is that I can go through all of my circumstances, whatever the challenges are, I can do all of the things that uh, God has for me through Christ. We can't face life and, and challenges and 
uh, everything of this life in and of ourselves. We can, though, with uh, the strength and the power of Christ. And so my New Year's resolution, and you all are witnesses to this now, uh, again, for probably now the 10th year in a row, is to continue to trust God more. And trusting is really difficult, uh, frankly, because all of us like to have control over our lives. We like to know what's going on. If you're a type A person like me, you like to plan. You like to make sure you know what you're doing. Um, You want to have a schedule. You want to have some predictability in your life. Predictability is actually a very good thing. Um, In law, if there isn't predictability, like what we're seeing in in, uh, the American landscape around us, the problem is that all of this stuff has become so unpredictable because of how our federal government is completely ignoring the rule of law. Law needs to be predictable so that we can plan and we can trust and rely on the rule of law and its application so that we can then predict what is the best course not only for our lives, but if I'm giving legal advice to a client, I can predict to them this is probably the best evaluation of your particular case or circumstance based on the dependency that we have that the law will be applied in an equitable and predictable manner. So predictability is actually a very good thing. And life is an adventure. I love, um, you know, surprises, all of those kinds of things. That's great. But predictability is is one of, um, I think, the, actually the most underrated um, values of, of life because predictability gives us a lot of stability. And the only thing that is predictable in life is the faithfulness of the Lord. And to learn how to trust and rely on the promises of God and the nature and character of his faithfulness um, is the only, only thing that gives us ultimately stability in this life. And as I've gone through so many things in my own life, and I continue to question God or I wonder, you know, why is he bringing me through certain things? um, And how am I going to get through this? There's one um, quotation from a book that I read a long time ago uh, that one of the characters said to to another one in this novel uh, by Francine Rivers, actually. She's a great writer. Um, love her, her work. The Mark of the Lion series is one of my favorites. If you're looking for historical fiction, it's great. Uh, but one character said, never doubt in the darkness what you have known to be true in the light. And that stuck with me because we can question, we can doubt, we can worry, we can wonder when we're in the darkness. But when we are in the light of the Lord, we know that our way is sure. And that's why the writer of Psalms said that God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And he may not show us the uh, future way, way down the road, but every single step he's with us lighting our path. And so we will get through things. We will overcome challenges. We'll face trials and tribulation and possibly even persecution uh, for our faith. Like we're seeing what's going on in Canada right now. Uh, but God always promises to be with us every single step of the way. And that's why Proverbs also says that Man plans his way, but it's God who establishes our steps. And so if we want to face the new year with an understanding and a confidence of who we are in the Lord, not just who we are in and of ourselves, and have predictability and stability and surety in every step that we take, that's where we have to trust and rely on the Lord because it's he who is lighting our steps. It is he who is establishing our path. 
And that to me has been my resolution, my New Year's resolution, because the more that I trust the Lord, the more that I realize he's faithful. And the more that I trust the Lord in everything that I do, the more I wish I had trusted him even more sooner. So every New Year's, I always look back on the last year and uh, you know the last few years of life, but particularly the last year and say, I kind of take stock of things. Um, and I think everybody kind of does that. And, and as you're evaluating the year and making plans for the new year, um, to think about, okay, what happened over this last year? I always think, where could I have trusted God more? Uh, where were things and that he took me through? And how did he show himself faithful? And where can I be thankful for his protection and the fulfillment of his promises in my life? And purpose, looking back on my life, purpose to trust him even more over the next year. And that's challenging. It's very difficult to trust, especially if you're somebody like me who likes to have, you know, control over decisions that I make and, um, you know, my schedule and even just, you know, down to the day-to-day activities, not even just broad speaking. But when we know that it's not just ours to control, but that God has an ultimate plan, there's actually a lot of relief in that. And there's a lot of um, humility in that as well, because then I know that, you know, the mistakes that I make are covered by God's grace and the successes that I have are ultimately his because he has established my steps and he has moved me forward into the new year. So I hope you're encouraged um, by that. And I hope that you will join me in this New Year's resolution, if you have others, you know, great. Let me know. I love um, hearing from all of you um, who listen, who follow me on social media, whether, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Gab, um, Getter, you know, all of these platforms. Um, I love seeing your responses and uh, how people have said that they've listened to this program. And I hope that you'll join me in the new year uh, listening to this. And we'll have some announcements coming up, by the way, that uh, will be really exciting for uh, this show heading into the new year coming up. But uh, regardless of what your resolutions are as well, and I encourage you to think about that and to make resolutions uh, because they're purposeful, they're purposeful intent moving forward. Um, I would challenge you to join me in the resolution of trusting God more. Um, We've seen, especially over the last two years, that everything is way more unpredictable than I ever would have anticipated for American government. Um, That's really frustrating and that's scary sometimes because we don't know how the Supreme Court, for example, is going to uh, rule on the vaccine mandate and the OSHA mandate and all of these other things that uh, are unpredictable right now. And it should be predictable because we have a constitution and a rule of law. But when it comes down to the arbitrary whim of petty tyrants, then sometimes uh, that isn't as predictable as we would have hoped. So join me in that. We'll trust God more and we will purpose to continue fighting for our freedom in the new year. And to that end, I wanted to also address today the ridiculous, absolutely insane, and this should be predictable, but it's not, uh, (laughs) recommendation of Dr. Fauci. I don't know if you saw this over the last day or so, where he actually went on, of course, the leftist media and talked about his uh, recommendation that the United States at least consider having a vaccine mandate or passport for domestic flights. This is absurd. It's wholly unconstitutional. 
And I think that uh, in looking at it and looking at the way that he phrased this, I was reading some articles earlier this morning about it. Um, my opinion, and I could be wrong here, but my opinion on this is that what he's trying to do, like the petty tyrant that he is, is simply signal to the CEOs of the airlines, you guys better back off on wanting to get rid of the mask mandates. And I think that's really more the motivation because what he said in this interview was, well, as long as the air filtration system along with masking is working, then we probably won't need to implement a a vaccine mandate, but that's on the table. So as you recall, several of the CEOs of the major airlines were saying that they didn't think that the masks were helpful and that the mandate didn't need to be implemented anymore. And of course, the petty tyrants are going crazy over that because if the CEOs are actually saying, and and they should know their airlines, they're saying, you know, hey, we don't think that this is necessary anymore. That's undercutting their power grab. So my read on this is that Fauci is sending them a warning signal and saying, you guys better back down, be grateful that we're only giving you a mask mandate rather than a vaccine mandate, because there are approximately 70 million Americans that are choosing to not take the vaccine, and that would cripple the airline industry. And it would would be fundamentally just totally absurd. But the CEOs are not going to want that. And so they're going to have to decide now, are we going to push forward and still openly say we don't think that masks are needed? Or are we just going to back down and say, okay, we'll we'll shut up and go along and we'll have the mask mandate in place as long as Pope Fauci wants it because we don't want this to get worse. That is that is a insanely petty tyrant. And that's somebody that is so coercive and manipulative that is nothing like what our government was set up for. And if we end up having a mask mandate, uh, the reason that this is unconstitutional, and I want you to understand this argument, we have to push back on this because the Constitution does not allow for negative punishment as a method of government incentive when there's no underlying unlawful act committed. So if you look at this in context, Fauci says that the U.S. should consider a domestic flight vaccine mandate, and he claims that it's to incentivize more people to get the vaccine. And you've seen this from a couple of other mayors and you know state and local officials that are echoing Fauci's talking point saying, oh, well, this is just an incentive. They have openly admitted that there is no health and safety reason that they're trying to implement this. Even like for uh, Washington, D.C. now and New York and, and Chicago and a few other major cities that are implementing vaccine mandates for restaurants and gyms and um, other places, they are admitting that this is not for health and safety. They just want to make it so inconvenient for unvaccinated individuals to live their lives that they'll just say, okay, forget it. We'll just go ahead and get the vaccine because it's too cumbersome to have to deal with life as an unvaccinated person. That is fundamentally unconstitutional because negative punishment, taking away liberty, is an infringement of liberty without due process. It's coercive. And our U.S. Constitution recognizes that that the government 
cannot infringe on any of our rights. They cannot infringe on liberty, on uh, anything that we do. And rights that we have, which includes you know, the right to, to travel uh, from state to state, the right to, um, to go and, you know, and patronize businesses, um, the right to be free, our right to liberty. They cannot infringe upon that without fundamental due process. And due process requires that the government actually allege that an individual violated the law and that there is a statutory penalty for that particular offense that they can prove in a criminal context beyond any and all reasonable doubt first. That's why our Bill of Rights, um, most of those initial amendments were all in the criminal context because our founders knew that the government will most likely and most often violate due process in the criminal arena. And so that's why we have the right to counsel. We have the right to not incriminate ourselves. We have the right against unreasonable search and seizure. We have um, you know, all of these different rights that make up how we are situated with the government as the prosecutor. And so when Fauci says, well, this is just to incentivize the unvaccinated to go ahead and make this decision contrary to their will. It's not through informed consent. It's not a free choice. We're going to infringe on individuals' liberty and give them a negative punishment, take away your right to travel, your right to uh, freely participate in society, and you know, basically put a, put a gold star on you um, until you choose to do what we want you to do. That is coercive and it fundamentally violates due process. So this is not an incentive. Governments can give individuals incentives um, for free choices. So, for example, in the beginning of this whole vaccine mandate, um, I was laughing, but when the government and you know state and local officials were saying, hey, you can have a free donut or uh, remember, you know, the, the hamburger and fries that Bill de Blasio very famously uh, went on his press conference and he was sitting there eating French fries going, oh, this is awesome. Let me get my vaccine. If you want to have, you know, free burger and fries and that incentivizes you to go get the vaccine, fine. The government doesn't owe you a burger and fries. That That is a genuine incentive. And we've seen, you know, like tax breaks, for example, that the government historically has always given, or um, the government wants to encourage marriage or uh, having children or, you know, some of these other things that are uh, family-oriented and traditional values. So they put incentives for tax breaks or like if you give to charity, then that's uh, tax deductible. There are a lot of different things that are genuine incentives. But when the government is saying, we are going to take away your liberty unless you do what we want you to do and what we think is in your best interest, that's not an incentive. That is a punishment. And the government is constitutionally forbidden from imposing a punishment on the individual for a choice that is the individual's free choice. There is no statutory scheme that requires an individual to choose the vaccine and that not choosing that and, and remaining unvaccinated is somehow a violation of the law. And so that's also one of the talking points that we as conservatives have to dispel. These mandates, while they may in some circumstances carry the force of law based on the emergency statutes, we've talked about all of that, if they are enforceable, 
They may have the force of law, but they are not themselves law. The entire point of the Emergency Powers Act to the executive is to simply be able to deal with a very, very, very brief and time-structured emergency. Two years into this, we're no longer in a state of emergency. Mandates and emergency powers are not meant to have the force of law indefinitely. And definitely and absolutely Having a vaccine and coercing and compelling an individual to take a vaccine is life-altering because that choice can never be undone. So next week, and we're going to talk about this more next week, when the Supreme Court hears oral arguments on the OSHA mandate January 7th, that is one of the main arguments is the balance of equities because looking at a temporary injunction to say we're going to stop the enforcement of this vaccine mandate until the merits of the arguments can work their way up through the court system. One of the primary arguments is the government has to be stopped from this because if they start implementing it, the harm to the individual cannot be undone. Because once you take the vaccine, you can't ever not take the vaccine again. I mean, that it's, it's a permanent decision. You can't go back from that. So that as a harm, as a coercive element is not temporary. It is, um, it's absolutely bodily invasive. And whether or not, you know, you think that the vaccine is, um, is harmful itself, or there's, you know, other data that shows myocarditis, all of that stuff. Sure. We can have that conversation, but even if it were totally, you know, a hundred percent safe and we had data that, absolutely showed that. The harm of ha of being coercively forced to take a vaccine that can't be undone, the balance of equity shows <clears throat> that uh, the government through the Supreme Court needs to say, absolutely not, you can't enforce that. So in looking at all of this, we have to push back and we have to say, absolutely not, the government cannot negatively punish us and foreclose any of our rights our liberties, our freedoms, just to, quote unquote, incentivize us to make a choice that we otherwise wouldn't simply because the government thinks that that's in our best interest. That's not even a rational basis. That is not in any way a legitimate power of the federal government, state and local government, any government agent whatsoever. This is insanely absurd. And I, and I, I can't even think of a, of a more... Um, or a strong enough term for how despicable this is and how unconstitutional this is, that Fauci and others are openly saying that we are going to incentivize through negative punishment and that they actually think that's okay and that they think they're going to get away with it. That is the definition of tyranny. That is exactly why our founders said that our rights come from God, our creator, not our government, and that the government is obligated to preserve and protect those rights, and they cannot infringe on any of our rights without fundamental due process. That is part of the Constitution. We have to stand up for it. I will continue to fight this fight. I will continue to stand up for this. We have to make sure that we understand those constitutional arguments. And we can get into the right to travel and how um, you know the, the founders set up our union of 
making sure that uh, through the 14th Amendment as well, um, you know, which of course came later as part of the Reconstruction Amendments after the Civil War era, uh, that they set it up though initially that um, interstate commerce, for example, would be run by Congress and regulated by Congress. And the purpose for that and to make sure, um, as the 14th Amendment says, that all uh, privileges and immunities of um, each of the citizen of each state would also be extended if um, you are in another state. And so each state has to uh, basically give um, reciprocity to other states as far as, um, you know, a lot of different things. And so, um, and that's, you know, one of the interesting legal arguments in reciprocity um, in one, in certain particular contexts. But the reason that our founders did that and didn't want to have border wars, they didn't want to have uh, tariff wars, they didn't want to have um, import, export taxes and states um, coercing other states and uh, basically operating like the European Union does where there are uh, different countries within a union. They said no states have privileges and immunities toward um, citizens of other states because we are all citizens of the United States of America. And so when we get into things like the right to travel and the 14th Amendment protections and um, even you know, more in-depth than just the fact that uh, Fauci and any other government agent cannot negatively punish and implement punitive sanctions absent due process, we also have to look at what the Constitution provides with protections for citizens that I don't have to show a passport. I don't have to give the government a reason that I'm going to a different state or that I um, have domestic travel. That's part of the privileges and immunities of being a citizen of the United States. So there are multiple different ways to attack this. Again, I think that uh, Fauci is simply signaling to the CEOs of the airlines, you don't want to test this because he has become drunk with power. He's acting like he's a king and he is the legislative, executive and judiciary all in one. Um, I think that he does not uh, care at all what the Supreme Court is going to do about this. He is just going to continue on unless and until they stop him. So part of my other New Year's resolution as well, and I hope you will join me in this, is to pray without ceasing for our country, for our Supreme Court, and for the predictability, like we talked about earlier, of our law. This is why we are a nation of laws, not a nation of rulers. We are not given to the whim of these petty tyrants. We have the U.S. Constitution as our highest rule of law that we can and should be able to rely on. And when we can't rely on that, this is what happens. This kind of even just floating this concept of a domestic travel mandate, that's what happens when we don't have predictability in the enforcement application and fundamental interpretation of our U.S. Constitution. So we need to push back. I hope this has been uh, educational for you in terms of how we can push back on uh, this coercive mandate. It's not as simple as just, you know, the Twitter trolls saying, well, if you don't like it, then, you know, get a vax. It's, it's not at all as simple as that. The government can't just do whatever it wants and compel you to make any decision it wants based on what they think is in the interests of uh, your or it's not even health and safety anymore, right? It's just, it's really in their interests. And they have admitted that. So I hope you will join me in 2022 here on the Jenna Ellis Show. And before I go, 
Obviously, we have to talk about my friend Mike Lindell, and I hope you will also support MyPillow in 2022. Right now, with promo code Jenna, you can go to MyPillow.com and get a MyPillow for only $19.98. You can save across the board on all of the great MyPillow products. One of my favorites are the My Slippers. They are amazing. They're comfy. I wear them all the time. You can also get the pillow toppers, the mattresses, the towels, the bath, um, bathrobes, like so many things. It's not just pillows. You can go to mypillow.com. Make sure that you enter the promo code Jenna. That's J E N N A to get a great discount and thank Mike Lindell for his sponsorship of this show. And to also tell him that you appreciate his voice standing up against the cancel culture and to make sure that you tell him that we are so proud of him for not backing down and for always, always exercising freedom of speech and for his political opinions. So go to MyPillow.com, enter the promo code Jenna, that's J-E-N-N-A, and have a very, very happy new year.